Hey everybody, welcome to the REI In Your Car podcast. This is Joe. So, uh, hey, I'm coming at you from my new iPhone 10. Woohoo! Except, <laughs> let me just give you a little bit of warning here. I use my phone all day, every day, for personal and business, mostly business. It's insane. And um, so I have a lot of data on here, right? A lot of apps, a lot of photos, a lot of videos, a lot of audio recordings. Like these recordings here, I record on my phone while I'm driving. And so I backed up my old iPhone, which was the iPhone 7, to the cloud, and I restored this to my new iPhone 10 from the cloud, right? Well, that's cool. That's fine and dandy. I restored it from the cloud while I was connected to Wi-Fi. But as soon as I got off the Wi-Fi, which was like an hour later, for the rest of the day, it was just on AT&T LTE, the cellular network, right? Well... I had in all my settings just download everything off of cellular, right? Because I have a big data plan. I have 50 gigabytes, which is a big data plan, right? I know AT&T has unlimited, but AT&T will throttle that internet once you hit 22 gigabytes. So anyway, I had an old plan. It's not cheap, but I just use it all the time for my business, so I have to. And when I'm at a Starbucks or a coffee shop, I don't want to use a public Wi-Fi for security. I'll just use my hotspot. So I'm using it a lot. Well, anyway, all of a sudden, and I'm two days into my 30-day billing period with AT&T, and I get these texts, you're at 75% of your 50 gigabyte data limit. Then an hour later, you're at 75, 90%, and then I'm at 100%. So within two, I'm, in two, I'm two days into my billing period with AT&T, and because my phone is restoring all the apps and all the data in the apps, like Evernote, it's doing pictures. It's doing, um, like, I'm using this app here to record podcasts. I, I completely run out of my data within two days of the month. <laughs> and uh, so I called AT&T and I said, this has got to be a mistake. I can't use 50 gigabytes of data in, in two days. And they said, well, there's nothing we can do for you. You did. And I said, well, it's not my fault. It's the, I got this new iPhone. And they said, sorry. Well, in, I won't bore you any more details. But if you get a new phone, you and you you, you got to make sure you restore the phone from Wi-Fi. Awesome, right? But you want to make sure like all of your apps back up or restore the data in those apps while you're still on Wi-Fi or else you're going to be screwed. And what happens after you use up your data for the month, right? Uh, they don't charge you extra for more data, which I kind of sometimes wish they did. They throttle you down to like old-fashioned dial-up speed. So all of everything I just said, if, if you're not interested or care or if you're complaining like Joe, the first world problems, okay, I get it, I get it. It's a little techno babble complaining rant, so I'm sorry. But that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about a real quick and easy formula for how to handle objections when you're talking to sellers. It has nothing to do with everything I just said, but uh, we have uh, we're doing this virtual lease options challenge right now, 
And if you're listening to this, it's probably too late. I'm going to be closing the doors at the end of the week. Um, but you might be able to check it out at virtualcasestudy.com. I am, it's virtualcasestudy.com. I'm, I'm, we're going into a new market. We're starting our marketing and we're doing lease options is what we're focusing on. And the students that I'm working with uh, that are doing the, a lot of the work for me, that I'm training them, they've already got several sellers that have said, yes, they would do a lease option. But they come back with some objections. And one of the objections, well, you know, I won't go into the objections specific. Let me just keep this general in nature because I think this will be helpful for you guys. And I'm not an expert in sales, but I've learned just through a lot of study and practice and that kind of stuff that what kind of how to handle stuff like that. And uh, I'm reminded of this too. I just recently had a student that's doing really well now, but they struggled for almost two years. And one of the things he said that helped him now start do deals, doing deals, is he became a little more aggressive on the phone, not in a negative way, like a jerk. But um, he didn't. He, he intentionally told himself to stop sounding so desperate, and he started pulling back more, and not caring as much about the outcome. And so, so just psychologically, it had a huge impact, and he started getting more sellers saying yes because he wasn't chasing the sellers. Does that make sense? So when a, when a seller brings you objections, don't go into panic mode. There's a few things you need to do. Number one, call them by name. Number two, agree with them. Say, Jim, you know what? That's a great question. And number three, ask them why that is a concern to them. So you got to keep this in mind when you're talking to sellers and when you're, negoti- when you're negotiating. Uh, whoever's asking the question stay in, stays in control. So you don't want to be steamrolled over by a seller who's asking you 120 questions. You want to be the one asking the question. So if a seller brings up an objection, you say, Susie or Miss Seller, that's a great question. Uh, I would be concerned about that too, but tell me something. Why does that concern you? Why, why is this a, a, an issue or a problem to you? Ask them to expand and give you more details. Okay? Let's say they do. Let's say they tell you what the problem is. Again, Jim, that's a great point. Call them by name. Agree with them. Great question. Great concern. I would be concerned about that too if I was in your shoes. And then you want to couch another question back to them without giving them the answer. This is what I used to do. I used to like just go into sales pitch mode and uh, and just spew all of this benefit benefits features features out to them like well this is why you should do a lease purchase this is why you should sell me your house because I can do this and I can do that and I can do this and I can do that it's all about me 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 what I can do but I'm trying to find out really what's the heart of this problem you know why are they really concerned about this what is their situation what would they like to see happen I care more about their story than I do the house does that make sense so if they, you know, they answer my question of why this is a concern to them, I, I'll turn it around still with another question. Jim, that's a great answer, or that's a great um, um, thing or whatever. But uh, let me ask you something. If I could take care of that, what would you want to do then? Hmm. See, I turned it around with the question, right? So if I could show you a way I could overcome that objection or whatever, uh, is there any reason why we couldn't do a lease option today? You could also phrase it like, if, you know, let's say that, well, this one particular objection was, um, uh, what, you know, I want to do a lease option, but um, 
I don't want to lock in a price today because house prices are going up. So, Jim, that's a great um, uh, question. I, I get that a lot. But let me ask you something. Why, why does that concern you so much? I mean, I know why it concerns them, right? Because they want to make more money. But I still want to ask them. I ask them the question. I say, well, I mean, what if I set the price at 180 and it's all of a sudden worth 200 while I'm out? I say, I say well, you know, I, I, get, I get it. But do you think the price could go down as well? Do you really know what's going to happen in two years? I'm turning it around with a question. But uh, I might say something like, Jim, that's a great question. If I could show you a way that uh, I could take care of that for you, what would you want to do then? And then if they say, well, I'll, I'll do it. Then you say, what? You make them repeat it like, I can't hear you. I'm sorry, say it again. Yeah, yeah I'll do it. Or um, you could ask, if I could take care of that for you or show you a way to take care of that um, or solve that, uh, is there any reason why we couldn't do business today? Do you see how I'm, I'm answering their objections with questions? And one more thing I'll say to this. It's totally cool to say, I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. Why did you ask? In fact, uh, Claude Diamond, I talk about him a lot. He's a, one of my mentors. In fact, sometimes I joke. If you know Claude Diamond, he always talks about his mentor, Max. And sometimes I feel like I'm talking about my mentor, Claude. My mentor, Claude, if I could talk like a New York accent, <laughs> I would sound like him. He almost always says, I don't know. That's a great question. Why do you ask? Um, but it's okay to say you don't know. It's okay to say that, I, you know, I don't know. You know what? I need to talk to my um, business partner about that or my, or my coach. I don't, you, don't want, you don't want to say coach, but like you could say, I need to talk to my business partner about that. But tell me something. Why did you ask that? Or you could say, if my business partner comes back with a good answer on, on how we can solve this or how we can do this or that, then uh, what would you want to do then? Is there any reason why we couldn't do business today? Why don't you just come over to the house and look at it? Well, Jim, that's a, that's a great question. Let me ask you something. Why would I need to come to see the house if to buy it? Um, do you have pictures? Can you just send me some pictures of the home? Or you could say, if I were to come over to the house and look at it, and we were to agree to a price and to terms, would you be willing to sign a contract with me the day, uh, that day that I'm there or whatever? So if they bring you up, up an objection and you don't know the answer to it, it's totally cool to say, I don't know, you know, I need to figure that out and get back to you. If I can figure it out and get back to you, um, can we talk later today at 6 or tomorrow at 9? Okay. Um, and if I can find an answer that satisfies you and that's fair for both of us, what, do, what would you want to do then? All right. So I think I've said my point a hundred times. And uh, you get it? Something that I think will be really helpful and um, beneficial for you as you're talking to sellers, okay? Keep it simple. Ask, just ask lots of questions. Ask lots of questions. And then if they, if you still can't satisfy them, you know, they say, listen, I don't think this is for you. That's totally cool. Um, are you just telling me that we're done? If like, if I can't solve this or if I can't guarantee you a price in two years, are you telling me that we're done? Are you telling me that, um, yeah, do you get what I'm saying? I am almost home, and uh, I got to go. Nice talking to you guys. Hey, listen, um, in my wholesaling lease options course, I cover like 20 different objections uh, specifically related to lease options. And if you don't have my lease options course, what are you doing? <laughs> you need to get it. How long have you been listening to this podcast? 
If you want to watch my webinar about it, I'm going to give you a URL right now. You need to write it down and go watch it. It's wlowebinar.com. Wlowebinar.com. And uh, you need to get my course because it's really good and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, I spent a lot of time in there talking about how to talk to sellers. And I even did some uh, cold calls with Claude Diamond. We did some role plays and we actually called some sellers live and you get to hear us on, the, uh, on those calls. So go to wlowebinar.com. See you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.